Hello and welcome to Faithbrook Church. Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, technically today is Christmas Eve, so Merry Christmas Eve. It is so good, and I love that we hit the opportunity to worship together here on site, even online, and for those of you watching later, on demand as well. Well, if we haven't had the chance to meet yet, my name is Mike Delgallo. I serve as a Connections Pastor here on staff. We have a great service coming up for the rest of the evening. We're going to, uh, just a moment, have a, uh, sing a few songs together. Then we're going to hear a message from our lead pastor, Jim Comfort. And at the end of the service, we're also going to have a candlelight experience as well. So hopefully you got a candle as you walked in. If not, uh, we can make sure to get you uh, one as well. Well, I just want to let you know that this Sunday on the 26th, we will not be having a service. We'll be uh, taking it off uh, because of services uh, today. But we will will be gathering back on uh, January 2nd as we kick off the new year. And in fact, we are launching off a brand new series called First Things First. So I want to just invite you uh, all back to come and uh, be there with us for that service as we kick it off. Well, I want to encourage everyone at this time to go ahead and stand up as we continue in worship and we sing together. Well, can you relate to any of those searches or some of those questions or maybe some of the stress that people were dealing with. Well, I want to welcome you to Faithbrook on this lovely Christmas Eve uh, night or afternoon, and uh, welcome. I know a lot of you have been hustling and bustling, uh, working really hard. Hopefully you got the presents wrapped, and maybe you're just kind of slowing down a little bit. You know, I want to give you permission just to take a deep breath and exhale. Is it possible just to relax in this sanctuary, lean into the love of Christ, and just kind of enjoy this moment? In fact, I'm going to encourage you, if you came with a family member or a friend, why don't you just turn to them and say, man, I'm glad that you're here. Would you do that? Turn to the person you came with, I'm glad that you're here. It's a time of family. It's a time of love. Well, hopefully you've been experiencing some wonder, maybe some joy during this Christmas season. Here at Faithbrook, we've been kind of focusing on this wonder component of the Christmas season. And uh, some of the things we've been discovering uh, that can uh, easily take away our, our wonder is, is some of the searches and stresses that we saw in this video. People dealing with just meeting expectations, not figuring out how to do this and navigate life. And there's always these issues. And before we know it, we can lose our wonder. We can even lose our joy, be a little grumpy, kind of be tired, and just kind of miss Christmas uh, as a whole. Well, this last December, we've been looking closely at the scriptures to, the, to regain our wonder of Christmas. And in the scriptures we see elements that can help us with wonder, like hope, that God doesn't forget you. God has a perfect plan for your life. Just as Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth didn't exactly know when God was going to show up in his perfect timing, but God did. And we can hope and we can know that wonder that God will come through. Also, we, we learned about worship. And when we make worship priority before we know it, we are reminded. We're reminded who God is. We're reminded of who we are. And in during that worship time, we are renewed spiritually and emotionally. Last Sunday, we talked about joy, the, the element of joy and the good news that is attached with that. The more we discover what exactly that good news is all about, the more joy fills our soul and can fill our life. 
Well, there are still some concerning headlines out there that can rob us of our joy and our peace and our wonder. We know that the virus is still hanging out there and and people are being affected from our sports teams to our travel plans. uh, And we never know what's going to happen with this virus. We know that inflation is spiking and there's financial issues out there. There's a shortage of workers and that's causing some long lines. And before you know it, we're just kind of a little bit not enjoying this time or on edge and, and feeling some tension and some anxiety. Well, it reminds me of 2,000 years ago, there was some tension. There was a little bit of anxiety in the air, especially if you were a Hebrew person. They were eventually starting to lose their sense of wonder. For example, if they were looking for peace or a little bit of joy, they couldn't find it down to local synagogue because all the rabbis down there were fighting each other who had the corner of the law and who could uh, rigorously live out these uh, rhythms and rituals to show how holy they were. There was not much joy and peace there. They couldn't hardly put food on the table because the Roman Empire was taxing the Hebrew people. They had meager incomes anyway, and they were struggling. We also know that their hope of this Messiah that their teachers and their grandparents talked about seemed to be waning. Messiah, it has been for over 400 years for they even had an anointed prophet to share some good news with them. All they knew is God has forgotten them. Not to mention to stay away from the tyrannical governor in the area, the King Herod, who had such a massive ego and so insecure about any threats against his authority that he had put to death anyone that was out of line. So here they were, just struggling, a sense of downtrodden, a little bit of tension and anxiety. It kind of reminds us of us sometimes. Uh, we might see some wonderful Christmas lights and hear some nice songs, but maybe we're dealing with something inside or with a relative or a loved one. Maybe there's some sickness in your family or some pressure at work and in your health, and we're wondering, where is the wonder? Well, you're in good company. As we look into the scripture, you'll see that there are some young Hebrew people that knew all about tension and a little bit of anxiety. We, I'm talking about the main characters of the Christmas story. Uh, that's Mary and Joseph. They were engaged to be uh, married. And they were looking forward to that day. Just, just innocent, naive uh, young people. The scholars tell us that she was probably 16. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, here comes this angel and says to this young lady, Mary says, hey, guess what? You are highly favored from God. You're going to be the earthly mother. You're going to give birth to the son of God. No pressure, right? Don't blow that, but, but you're going to be the mother. I'm, she's thinking, well, I'm, I'm not even married. How is this going to happen? I've never had kids before. She's struggling. Not to mention her fiancé, Joseph, he's overhearing that she's with child. How did that happen? What happened to our marriage dreams? What are we going to do? The angel comes out of the blue. Joseph, relax, okay? Because she is with child. It is from God. You're going to have your marriage. But what he didn't know is that in nine months, when she's about to have this child, that the government would mandate everyone to go to their hometown or home village because they were putting on this massive census. Well, Joseph's thinking to himself, I, I haven't even been to my hometown. My parents probably left there when I was an infant. We got no connections. We know nobody. And now my, my wife, she's nine months pregnant. 
And, and, and we're traveling to this strange Bethlehem town. We have no one there. Everyone's going. The, the place is packed. People are, are, are filling up the hotels and the inns. And, and my wife's giving me that look. She's giving me that look. It's like, I'm not feeling good. This baby could come anytime. You talk about stress. You talk about pressure, right? There was no peace. There was no wonder, right? In fact, there's some innkeeper who graciously said, well, I don't have a room for you, but I got a barn. Just go in the barn and do your best. Make yourself comfortable uh, as you are trying to have this child. You know, it reminds me of a meme that I saw uh, lately about this birth of, of Jesus. And it said that there was Mary, totally exhausted after giving birth to baby Jesus. She finally gets baby Jesus to go to sleep, and there's a little peace, and all of a sudden this strange teenage boy shows up, and he thinks to himself, you know what this young mother needs? She needs a nice drum solo. I'll play my drum, rump-a-pump-rump, right? That's the last thing she needed. <laughs> Stress. There's a little bit of anxiousness, right? And their sense of wonder was lost. But God knew they needed wonder. God knew exactly what they had, and it happened. Out of the clear blue, in an obscure pasture, some lonely shepherds are sitting there, and here comes an angel. Now, Luke recorded it this way in the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly terrified. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. <clears throat> For behold, I bring you good tidings, or good news, of great joy, which be, will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Now that's key, a Savior. Who is Christ the Lord? That spoke to them that this Messiah that they heard about. And this will be assigned to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now Luke goes on and says, And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it started with a single angel then all of a sudden, he brought all his friends, this heavenly host, this army of angels. Now, what's kind of unique about this is that you never see this scene in other places in the Bible except in the book of Revelation. Usually, if there's an angel, it's just one that's there to communicate or there to protect. But here, they brought the whole show. They brought every angel. Why? Because it was the greatest announcement in world history. It was God Almighty, the creator of the universe, coming as a simple baby. And of all the people that could hear the heavenly host that just illuminated the whole sky, it was these shepherd men. And praising, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. Now that, that phrase, glory to God in the highest, in Latin, we use the term gloria. There's been many songs using that term, Gloria. It's singing what the angels sing, glory to God. He deserves our praise. He deserves our worship. We adore him. He is the highest Gloria. Well, the second part of that praise, that announcement on earth peace is one of the most attractive, interesting phrases in this Christmas story. 
really? Their earth could have peace? Are they talking about that people would just kind of get along? There'd be no more fighting, no more wars? Is, is that even possible? Peace on earth? Are you talking about a utopia where everyone is nice to each other? There's no more hate and, and crime and sickness and everything is just peaceful and tranquil on earth? Is that true? Is that what the angels were, were talking about? <clears throat> well, let's continue on in the story. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, well, let us now go to Bethlehem, see these things that have come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now, when they have seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now, Luke makes a little note here about Mary. Now, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they have heard and seen as it was told to them. My friends, I would suggest to you something marvelously happened in this moment when they had that encounter with this Christ child. See, the angel wasn't talking about world peace. What this Christ child was offering was personal peace in our soul. Now, Luke doesn't go into all the detail, nuances, descriptions about this encounter, but the way they reacted and how they changed gives me an idea that there was a, a, something magical, spiritual, incredible that happened in this encounter. I'm sure when these rough old shepherds entered into that barn, that, that manger in the back, there was a glow. There was something anointed. There was something spiritual and special. I have a feeling when they walked in there, they, there was just a hush and a big gulp swallow like, uh-oh, we're in the presence of something holy. I have a feeling that man, maybe they just bowed down. They're like, who are we? Probably became very self-conscious to say, wow, we, we didn't come for church, and now we're in the presence of God, this, this holy being, and, and the spirit is all around us. And they probably became very uh, self-conscious about their, their where, and more importantly, their heart. Probably like, we shouldn't be here. We, we have done things against God that God wouldn't be proud of. Uh, if he only knew, and, and now we have this audience, there's not many of us here, and I'm sure they were humbled and broken and just maybe fell at, on their face. What, what an awkward moment that manger scene probably was. Here is this struggling uh, uh, young couple just trying to keep their baby and survive. There's no nurses and doctors. They'd never done this before. They were all alone in this private, intimate time. And all of a sudden, these strangers, we're not sure how many shepherds showed up. And I'm sure they walked in there like, uh, who invited you? And who are you? And, but they knew the central issue was not them. It was this baby. And they probably all knew as they looked at each other, they were not qualified to be around the Son of God. They knew that their pedigree and their past did not equal this, the holiness that was before them. And they were just grateful that God would allow them to be in this very precious, uh, divine time as the baby was born. Average shepherds, average peasant parents with the Christ child. 
Maybe as they, they worshiped and mingled around a little bit, those shepherds started thinking about, the, the, here's this baby wrapped in clothes, and there's something special. And before they realized that, that that's exactly what the angel told us we would find. There would be this sign and born, and we found it, and they started changing. I, I have a feeling that they were thinking about the Messiah, and maybe one of them was like, you know, back in when we were children, adolescents, they put us through the Judaism, and they talked about the, the prophets, and they talked about this Messiah, and one of them maybe was connecting the dots and saying, I, 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 this could be the Messiah. It, it, this angel encounter that we had, and I can just tell that this baby is of God. Maybe another one was thinking, yeah, I, now I remember. The rabbi was talking about the great prophet of Isaiah, and he was prophesying about this coming God, this son of God, the Messiah. And maybe one of them was thinking about Isaiah 7, where Isaiah said, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And like, that's a son. She's probably the virgin. He gave us a sign 700 years ago. That guy was prophesying. It's happening now. And there was some transformation happening. Maybe another shepherd was thinking the same thing. And he's like, yeah, I remember that, that rabbi was talking about Isaiah. And Isaiah said that, that, that he prophesied that the government would be on his shoulder. And they would give him the name of the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the mighty God, and the prince of peace. Oh, how we need some peace. And I would suggest to you right there, their hearts were changed. Something transformed in their spirit. It wasn't peace out there and in the world. The angel was talking about goodwill towards men, peace in their heart. And maybe they left that place and they realized, man, I, I have no condemnation against me. Something has been forgiven. Something's been cleansed. Something's been purified in me. I was in the presence of God, and that Savior saved me from myself, my, my sins, my regrets, my embarrassments. God's cleansed me. And they were so joyful and glad in that. Before they knew it, they, they had no problem hanging out with other people and telling people. Maybe they chose to be a shepherd because maybe they just didn't like people. You know, and they just kind of introverts and hanging out by themselves. But now it seems like something was healed. Something was changed. They're like, hey, we want to be communicators. We're, we have no problem saying the angels told us. We went and saw. We connected. We encountered. And it is true. And you need to find it also. Uh, maybe they're like, you know, that word Emmanuel. Emmanuel, I know that means God with us. And right there they're like, now I see it. He's God is in the flesh. I, I don't understand why he chose to be a human and a baby, but God is with us right here. And more than just in the flesh, that he's going to be with us for the rest of our life. He'll never leave us, nor forsake us, nor whatever we're going through. Can you imagine the joy? Can you imagine the confidence that they're just, now they're skipping all over the place saying, man, God is with us. I got nothing to fear if he's with me. Who can be against me? And before they know it, they were experiencing the wonder of Christmas. Joy and peace and worship was all around them. Now, can I remind you that in the scriptures, it doesn't tell us too much more about these shepherds. We don't even know how many shepherds there were. But, but it wasn't like the scriptures tell us, hey, they got promoted, and man, they had a lot of money, and they didn't have any problems, and God just anointed them, and there was peace in their life for the rest of their life. No, it doesn't say that. 
there's a good chance that they went back to their flocks, went back to the grind. Uh, they had responsibilities. They had some, some tasks back there. They didn't have peace back on the pasture. What they had is peace in their heart because they saw and met the Christ child. We know the scriptures tell us a little bit more about Mary and Joseph. Did their world come to peace? Did it change? Not at all. In fact, this Herod guy, he was still on, out for him to kill him, to slaughter the, the babies there. And they said, man, you need to run for your life. And so they escaped to Egypt and became refugees and stayed there until a, a, an angel said it's safe to come back home. Their world didn't change, but their hearts changed. Maybe these shepherds, and we know for sure Mary, uh, stuck around for 30 years to hear this baby grow up to be a man, Jesus from Nazareth. And he would teach and he would preach. And one of the things he taught was about peace and how we need peace. And so when his followers were asking, man, what about peace? This is what he said. And John wrote it in John 16, 33. I have told you these things. So in me, you may have peace. Where does the peace come from? Our circumstances, our world, no, it comes from Christ, me. In this world, you will have trouble. Can I get an amen, right? We got troubles. The troubles are going to be there. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Now, what's really cool is that Jesus would back this up. I've overcome the world, and he would prove that. Because later on, he allowed himself to be betrayed, hung on the cross, and he would die a death. But he would take on death. He would take on the world. And three days later, he would prove himself as the one true God by raising himself from the dead. That if you're going to see the Father, you've got to come through him, Jesus, the Son. And he backed it up and overcame death and the world. Wow. There wasn't too much peace in the world. There's not much too much peace in the world today. But there can be peace in our soul. There can be peace in our mind. But we have to do what the shepherds did. They sought, they saw Christ, and they found peace. Peace in their relationship with God, that they were forgiven. They were right with God. They were free on the inside. And before they knew it, they, they were peace with themselves. There was some healing. There was some confidence. God was their Abba Father. They could, could forgive other people. Before they knew it, there was peace with other people. You know, a lot of times we cannot control other people, right? But God can help us to have peace with other people as far as it's on us and the love and the care and the be okay. So it's very possible, my friends, when we find Jesus, we find peace. When we find Jesus like the shepherds, we can find peace. In fact, I would encourage you to say this, this truth together. Let's say it out loud. When we find Jesus, we find peace. It's so true. The question is, have you found spiritual peace with Christ? Have you encountered Christ and said, Christ, I, I know that I'm not legit. I, I know that there's things between me and you, and, and would you forgive me? And by faith, allow his grace to forgive you and come into your life. Have you found peace with yourself? Because Christ wants to heal us. Christ wants to help us, to give us identity, security, and purpose, that it's all about him. Do you have peace with others? Do you need God to help you to forgive and tolerate and deal with some issues out there? Well, in just a couple of minutes, you're going to uh, leave here and you might be going home or you might be spending some time with other family members, etc. But I want to encourage you 
to just take a moment in your Christmas time here to just reflect on God's Christmas wonder. Maybe just pause for a little bit and reflect on the Christmas tree and the star that really is representing the star of Bethlehem pointing to Christ. Maybe before you say a prayer for a meal or you see a nativity scene, you can just say to yourself, you know what, that, that is Christ. That's the wonder of his love and the peace of God. And just appreciate that. Just be in wonderment. And, and I want to leave you with this, is that this good news, that if we discover Christ, we can discover peace, is for all the people. The angel said this good news, this peace on earth, good favor, is for every person. No matter what you've done in your past, where you're from, who you are, God loves you. And everyone is included in his, his grace plan, his love plan between you and him. So let's, let's, let's pray right now and give thanks. Heavenly Father, we, we can't imagine what those shepherds went through when they were just shocked when that angel pierced the darkness and shone the light and how humbled they were as they stumbled and navigated and finally found that little shabby barn in the back. But man, how their life changed. We can't imagine uh, the, the transformation and the forgiveness and the new life that you gave these rough shepherds, God. And they, they were forever changed. We pray, God, that you'd do that for us, that you would bring back the wonder in our soul. If there's anything, God, that has separated us, the things that you're not proud about, that is, we just ask, God, that you would forgive us because you are the Savior. You save us. You can save us from our sins if we ask you by faith and ask you into our life. We thank you, God, that they proclaimed. They were so excited to have this encounter. We pray, God, that we'd also shine the light. We'd also share the good news of who you are, especially around these holiday days. Help us now as we go. In your great name, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Well, most of you know that one of the most traditional things Christians do at Christmas time is have a candlelight uh, time with a silent night, of course. Uh, before we, we light our candles, and you can get your candles a little bit, I just want to remind you where this tradition comes from. It really comes out of the Gospel of John, where John in the first chapter said, The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. And as we shine our candles, it's not that the, the darkness sniffs out the light. No, God's light pierces the darkness, illuminates the darkness. And the true light that gives light to everyone was coming to the world. And so as Christians around the world hold their candles, what they're saying is this represents Christ who's coming to our world. He is the light of the world. So I invite you today to, to stand, uh, have your candles, and then we're going to pass the light of Christ and sing together. Well, let his light shine. In just a moment, we're going to extinguish this light. But what lives on is not the candle, but the light in our heart. And may you have a wonderful Christmas on behalf of our church staff and Terry and I. God bless you. And uh, stick around if you want to take some pictures, have a cup of coffee, but have a, a marvelous Christmas. You're dismissed.